Hi, I'm Sally Chum, and welcome to Afroqueer. We know some of our listeners will recognize that sound. That is the notification sound of what has been said to be the most popular dating app on the African continent. If you guessed Grindr, you are absolutely right. Not only is it the most popular dating app, it happens to be an app that connects queer people, mostly men, for hookups, relationships, and love, and some other things in between. And as smartphone penetration increases and mobile data becomes cheaper, chances are use on the African continent will continue to increase. We here at Afroqueer are a bit fascinated with dating apps. Ever since the internet was invented, people have been using it to find romantic and sexual relationships. So many people we spoke to said the online community has been a place to find other queer people in areas where it's dangerous to be out, a place to let your guard down, to feel less alone. But we also learned that dating apps have become a space where queer people are targeted. In this episode, we're going to talk about Grindr and how people are using it and misusing it on the African continent. Webs will catch you, they get us all. Zita tushika, sisi Grindr has had a lot of negative press. The company has been accused of selling users HIV status, of being a place where racism and transphobia are rampant, of contributing to the decline of queer mental health. It's even been accused of killing the gay bar. Well, where they have them in the first place. But what we're asking today, is Grindr doing enough for its users in Africa? Can an application made in the United States and now owned by a Chinese online gaming company react to the specific insecurities faced by its users in places like Kenya, Egypt, or Nigeria? Producer Eric Akpo has this story for you. Toyo first found out about Grindr when he caught his husband using it. I was dating, I was in a relationship, close relationship, and I could see my husband with a yellow yellow app in his phone. Toyo had seen that app before, on the phone of his friend Uche. So I remember me coming, coming to Uche and asked him, I saw my husband is something yellowish, what's that? And and I have seen Uche's phone has the grinder, that, that app. So I had to, to know more. Toyo and Uche are both cross-dressers. They both go by the pronoun they and live in Nairobi, Kenya. Uche told Toyo that Grindr was a hookup app for gay and bisexual men, so he downloaded it. He was curious about the app and what his husband was doing on it. I had to install the app to know and to start investigating why my husband is there, and I think our relationship is closed. So from there, I, I downloaded it, and I could, do it, I could enter to that app secretly without him knowing. Maybe it's the time I'm going to the kitchen to cook or the time I'm going to the latrine and everything. So so I could see he's near to me. So I never put my face so he could not know that I'm the one. And from there, I think in another point, it, came, it was a result for our relationship to, to broke because I learned about him. And that, the other time I was so naive, so innocent, I could not know anything. Grindr launched 10 years ago and has become a massive company. The app's tagline is the world's largest app for gay, bi, trans, and queer people. And on the company website, they claim to have millions of daily users spanning almost every country in every corner of the planet. But for Toyo, Uche, and many other African users, they began to find that the world of Grindr could be dangerous. First, Toyo had a few bad encounters with men who stole from them. 
some of them they even end up still like phone money when someone steal the phone now you don't have any communication and connection now you can't connect with anyone so the chances for him to escape is very high then it got worse once toyo met up with this guy toyo said he was young like them in his early 20s so he didn't really look threatening when i went there we started making out we never asked each other where you're coming from and then we started making now the two people entered in the house when they, they when they entered in the house the good thing i never went with the touch screen phone i went with just a simple phone a button phone so they saw nothing they can steal from me and uh, so the thing was they either rape me or steal or they started threatening me they wanted to know where i come from so they question you question so that they can know your background they can know if you have money so they can blackmail you so when i told them them i'm just a simple guy from karibanga and everything so they the the thing they just did is just having sex after the other one yeah after there you are left with no money I remember I walked from pipeline back to Karibangi condemning myself because even the phone that I went with it it was taken so I could not call anyone like can you assist me there and you know this is Nairobi you can't just go to someone and tell him can you lend me 20 shillings give me no one will give you This was a story we heard again and again users meeting up for what they thought were straightforward encounters and getting robbed or blackmailed and if they did not have enough money or status for blackmail the attackers would humiliate them or rape them or both and then in the aftermath they couldn't really report the crime to the authorities a couple of times when we escorted clients to go and report and realized that the cops were not interested in helping us Njeri Gateru is the head of legal affairs at the National Gay and Lesbian Human Rights Commission in Kenya We started noticing like a really high spike on cases um reported cases of blackmail and extortion maybe in the year 2013 um sometime around there where um, I mean we got quite a quite a number of complaints that people in specific areas um of Nairobi that there was there was a number of people who were baiting each other online we started trying to figure out you know how to how to pre- to prevent this one but then also how to address it um so we'd you know talk to a number of cops especially in 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 you know in cop stations around these places where there was high numbers of of blackmail cases the terrible part was you know realizing that actually some of the cops were involved you know in this sort of like blackmailing cartels so uh, one would go and report to the cops but, but then cops would be on their blackmailer side My name is Jack Harrison Quintana. I am a US Latino queer activist and for the last 3 years I've been at Grinder for Equality. We asked reps from Grinder what the company was doing to protect users in Kenya and Nigeria and other high-risk countries. I think usually by the time something has happened, it's too it's too late in a lot of ways for that particular case. So a lot of what we've tried to focus on for uh you know moving forward with this situation is really um educating and empowering users from the second that they get on 
um, on how they can best take precautions in, you know, their given situation. In Kenya, if you log on to Grindr for the first time, a list of best practices pops up. Don't post a picture of your face. Only meet friends of friends. Before you meet someone, you may want to verify that they are LGBTQ. We started basically with a list of some of the very basic safety precautions people can take, like is it possible to make contact with this person on some kind of um, other online platform where you can sort of verify their face before you meet in person, Uh, you know, can you tell a friend where you're going uh, in case something happens and you don't uh, report back to them in time, that kind of thing. And we started with just that a very simple set of recommendations and getting it into uh, an initial set of 21 languages. The problem is that the same anonymity that really makes it safe for a lot of LGBTQ people to get on the platform also protects some of these people with bad intentions who get on the app. In Egypt, for example, it was widely reported that police officers would use the app to harass and arrest gay men. Even if we shut down profiles very quickly, the people can create new profiles. That has never been really like the solution that we would want it to be. And we've had to really heavily lean on the sort of education empowerment piece. someone is on Grindr to get a hookup, why are they going to be reading textbook on how safe it is for, for people to do this? Nobody, nobody wants to read that. This year, Lim is a London-based gay activist from Nigeria, and he does think that Grinder should shut down in some countries. He posted about it on Twitter with the hashtag DeleteGrinder. And my, my hashtag started because I, I tried to engage with Grinder, and um, it was very, very difficult. I wanted to tell Grindr that there are things that Grindr can do to make it safe for people to um, find love and find it in, in a very authentic way. Most especially when people live in settings where it's already hard for you to be gay. Because I think the whole concept of safety around Grindr is built around the fact that if you live in London, you can just get on someone and you can get off someone and they can go out of your house and everybody is happy. This is a very visible LGBT activist and he keeps getting messages from gay men in Nigeria who had been targeted while using the app. Grindr failed to understand that there are a lot of complexities beyond the comfort of the Western world. All of a sudden, um, other people from across Africa started sharing their stories as well about what has happened to them on Grindr and how they've been trying to engage Grindr. He doesn't think that the safety measures Grindr has taken are working. That, oh, yeah, well, what we do is that once you download Grindr in a country like Nigeria, that you get a pop-up message that will tell you Nigeria is dangerous, Nigeria is this, Nigeria is that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, well, that's fantastic. But I want you to be able to give me opportunity to report someone and also can you let Grindr be linked to a device so that when I download Grindr on a device and somebody is reporting me and you can track down my device and the person would not be able to download Grindr again. You can report users on Grindr, but as Jack said, it's easy for them to make another profile. Can you shut it down for some time? And until we're able to find a solution, a concrete solution that can answer to the needs of not just Nigerians, because what we're hearing is like across Africa. Can we have something that can answer to those issues that are coming out of the continent? 
And I don't think there is one clear answer to what what the solution would be. But I think one of the first steps is Granda investing into those areas to support activists on the ground. One of those activists is Simon Wainaina, who works for Hoimas in Nairobi. Hoimas is a Kenya-based organization that works with men who have sex with men. Simon is their resident security expert. The first person that, if you attacked and you know my number, the first person you call is, you call Simon. Every day you have to have, you have to get a phone call that somebody has been blackmailed. Every single day. And weekends you can even get uh, like five phone calls. Um, what I can advise them about, what precautions I can say, they usually follow on our Facebook because we usually alert people where these blackmailers are. We usually follow them. And uh, what I can say, because now people are taking advantage of Grinder, people should avoid Grinder. We asked Jack, was it enough to expect users to keep themselves safe? Was Grinder shirking its responsibility? I think that the the blackmailing situation, the safety situations that we're implicated in are always on my mind. I don't know whether other people would say that we uh, take enough responsibility, but I definitely think that we take it very, very seriously. And I have to say that just personally over the last three years, there have definitely been many moments and many conversations in which I've been very challenged by people on the ground to ask, you know, should we shut down the service in Nigeria? Should we shut down the service in Egypt? And I have to say that sort of just statistically what I hear from people is overwhelmingly that we do want this. We do want a way to connect. You know, I talk to people from villages who really the closest person is pretty far, but making that connection meant a lot to them. I think, first of all, I, I would love that Grinder takes responsibility for what is going on. Um, I, I don't think as a person I'm asking for too much. And I think it's very important for me to reinstate the fact that I met my husband, Ryan Grinder. So it's not all doom and gloom when it's come to Grinder. But what I want is that gay men like myself will have the pleasure of either they want to have a relationship or they just want to have sex that they have the pleasure of fulfilling that desire without being afraid but also that grinder become becomes more dynamic and not just say grinder you know understand that there's difference between grinder europe grinder america to what grinder africa would be and how do you make grinder africa unique in its own ways that people who are using it on the continent are using it for what it's meant for. As usual, we are keen to hear from our listeners about this. You can reach us at afroqueer at nonunrecord.com. You can write us on our Facebook and Instagram at Afroqueer Podcast or on our Twitter at Afroqueer Pod. If you or a loved one has been the target of blackmail or assault while using dating apps in Kenya, please reach out to the National Gay and Lesbian Human Rights Commission at www.nglhrc.com. In Nigeria, you should contact the Initiative for Equal Rights at the initiativeforequalrights.org. This story was produced by me, Sally Chum, Ida Halinambi, May Francis, and Eric Okpo. Technical support from Rachel Wamoto, and special thanks to Nature Raymond. 
Afroqueer is a production of None on Record with support from the British Council. Our theme song is by Maya and the Big Sky. Once more, here's Afroqueer's production intern, Nature Raymond, reading the best practices for using Grindr. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more stories from Queer Africa. Number one, don't post a picture of your face. Number two, only meet friends of friends. Number three, meet by Skype or in a safe location first. Number four, let a friend know where you are meeting just in case. Number five, if you get arrested, never ever confess or admit to anything. Number six, when first meeting someone, take as little as you can. Number seven, get tested regularly for HIV and other STIs. Number eight, if something does go wrong, call and talk to a lawyer about how to preserve evidence and report a crime. <laughs>